This is Transistor.fm. It's a simple thing. Shouldn't take too long. How many times have you heard that from a marketing jackass like me? Hey everyone, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind the scenes story of building a web app in 2018. I'm John Buda, software engineer. And I'm Justin Jackson. I'm a product and marketing guy. Follow along as we launch Transistor.fm. So John, it's uh, Monday, April 23rd. We're recording a little bit late. We normally record the show on Friday and then Chris ends, our editor, edits it usually over the weekend, sometimes on Monday, and then publishes it on Tuesday. But uh, we're, we're, we're really cutting it close today. Yeah, we are. I think Chris, Chris is going to have to move quick. We're just going to have to make sure that there is no editing needed for this episode. We have to be completely on point. We can't mess up. Uh, we can do it. We can do it. Let's talk a little bit about uh, you know what's been happening. I, we call this this intro segment "What's Been Happening." Maybe we need a an, a better uh, title for it. But I wanted to highlight a new iTunes review from Shane Smith in Australia. He says, "Keep up the great work. Love hearing the behind the scenes part part of setting up your SaaS." And uh, he left that in iTunes. And John. I don't know what you think about this. I'm wondering if you we should do a little iTunes review contest. We should. I, I'm down. Okay. Now this is what I'm thinking. We um, let's give let's do a a, a draw for anyone who re- leaves an iTunes review. And I mean, we love the five star reviews. You can go to iTunes or go to Apple Podcasts, search for Build Your SaaS, scroll down. Click five stars. That's great. But to be entered in the contest, let's say you have to actually write a review. So tell us what you like about the show. Tell us what you'd like to hear in future episodes. Uh, bug John to get back on Twitter. Any of that stuff. <laughs> and uh, we'll say, let's say at the end of May. So you've got until the end of May. We will do a draw, and whoever wins will be sent a exclusive limited edition transistor shirt. And sounds good. How- and you just got one, didn't you? You got. We- I did. Okay. You sent me one. Yeah, uh, it fits great. Um, I, I believe it was labeled as charcoal, and it's green, which is weird. <laughs> uh, it looks good, though. I like it. And for a detailed person like you. That would bug you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most of my T-shirts are black or charcoal, so yeah, I suppose have I suppose having some color in the mix is good. Yeah, um, yeah, we're using that. People might find this interesting f- when you're starting up and you don't want to, you know, a, a full run of screen printed shirts is probably I don't know five hundred bucks at least to get kind of a, a minimum. They've got to create the screens and all that stuff, um, and then you got to store the sh- shirts somewhere. Uh, we're using Printful.com, and what they do is print on demand. So basically, they have a kind of a big industrial uh, direct-to-garment printer, and you can sign up, and you can get basically one-off shirts done. So the pros 
is, you know, it's really quick. Um, they've actually got, they can ship things cheaper than anyone else I've seen. I don't know how they do it. They can do like international shipping for like two or three bucks sometimes. Uh, the wow. disadvantage is they don't give you a tracking number and sometimes things get lost. Uh, I think I've probably sent yeah. like 200 items and I've had maybe one or two get lost and in like turkey like weird stuff (laughs) yeah yeah i guess i do i deal with shipping a lot day to day uh oh yeah it's it's a difficult business like international shipping is is interesting yeah so and actually i know a guy that built um the kind of the shipping a big part of the ebay's shipping system Mm -hmm. and he says sometimes you you literally have uh, to you have people like shipping things on donkeys in you know like Eastern Europe or something, and they have to report back. That's 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 how they do the. Yeah, like, the sh- I believe it. <laughs> Can you believe it? Like, oh okay. man, that's that seems insane. Yeah. Some international addresses too are are literally like left left at the at the mailbox behind the the large tree. <laughs> like it's. There's, some places don't really have addresses, just like directions to a place. <laughs> Man, it, it makes you feel like, actually, I've had a few moments in the past week where I was like, I'm so glad we're building a podcast uh, platform because <laughs> right. like GDRP, which is something we might have to talk about in the future, but Europe just kind of dropped this big privacy legis- legislation and it has people going crazy. Are you dealing yeah, with that at Blackbox? Uh, we are, yeah, yeah. We're we're diving into it. Um, it's it won't hit us too hard, but yeah, we we have to, you know, implement a few changes here and there. Yeah, let people delete their data or whatever. Yeah, and if we'd built like, let's say we'd built a, a, a I don't know, a statistics program or a, you know, a tracking system for customers or whatever, we would be you know, we would have to like lawyer up right now and figure out yeah. what and go through all your code and figure out, you know, w- when you have to release data and stuff. Yeah. I mean, in the end, I think it's a good thing, you know, considering all the stuff that's been happening with Facebook, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's something you don't really necessarily want to think about or deal with. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's like, another, it's another thing that's not, you know, it's not making you money. It's just another thing you got to do. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, so back to iTunes reviews. So go and leave iTunes reviews. Uh, the easiest way is to just open up Apple Podcasts or go to your desktop, bring up iTunes, search for Build Your SaaS, leave us a five-star review, and if you want to be entered in the contest, write something down. Even if it's like you like, you too want Castle Skull or you know any, anything like that, we love to hear that stuff. And we'll do uh, a drawing at the end of May. Uh, we've got some new features, John. You've been busy. What what just made it we into the do. app? So uh, there's a couple couple big things. We have uh, the embeddable players that you can uh, copy and paste a snippet of code to embed uh, one of your episodes into another website. Uh, that sort of plays along with this shareable link where you can share a link Share a special URL on, let's say, like Twitter. Um, Twitter knows how to grab some information from that page and embed uh, the player into the Twitter stream. Yeah. So you can play the episode directly from Twitter. I don't know if it works on the apps, but it works on the website, I know. 
Um, and let's see, uh, there's a way to find like a direct MP3 download for your episodes. Uh, and this is all now available in the, uh, dashboard. If you have a show with transistor, it wasn't, it wasn't before. So you have like a whole shareable section per episode. A lot of people have been asking for this, but you know, just being able to embed the player now is so helpful. I've been finding all sorts of opportunities to use it. Um, one of the things I do is sometimes I'll make a podcast before I write the blog post. So I'll talk it out, you know, I'll have points and then I'll talk it out. And that's kind of like version one. But then when I write the post, it's sometimes cool to embed the, you know, the audio episode in the post. And so I was able to do that this past week, which is really exciting. And also just having uh, in Twitter, having that embedded player is so cool. Just being people being able to like listen to the show right in Twitter. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really cool. We, we've also had, yeah, we've also had a couple people ask us if they could potentially use Transistor to just have a nice audio player. Yeah. Not really have, like they don't want an RSS feed. They don't want, they don't really care about statistics necessarily. They just want a nice way to upload audio and have a player that's not necessarily like SoundCloud. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, uh, that's interesting. I think there's something there. I think the player right now is really targeted towards a podcast, but yeah, sure, it could be modified. Yeah, totally. I And if people were doing, like, let's say they were selling, uh, you know, royalty-free music, then, and you wanted a way for people to be able to play the samples and download the samples, I could see... Mm-hmm folks using transistor for that it's a to- yeah. it's a total edge case we hadn't considered but right when you're brand new it's you're kind of open to a lot of things so that's yeah that's the uh embedding and sharing portion and then we have another often requested feature which was just something we hadn't worked on because we didn't need to um was a f- a better file uploader for your audio files within transistor uh which is now finished and mostly working, although I just noticed a few errors rolling through uh, this morning. Uh, But it's a way to upload uh, larger files to Transistor with um, a progress bar, and it tells you when it's finished. And it's just a much nicer way than using a a regular HTML form, which doesn't really show you anything about what's happening. Because you were just using kind of like a browser default before or something, right? Yeah, it was just like the browser, choose a file, attach it, and then save the form, and it uploads while it's saving, but you don't really know what's happening. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, we built Transistor for the desktop, but there's a handful of users already that are using iPads and other things, and some of those built-in browser controls are not as um, friendly on an iPad, for example, but building, you know, this new file uploader you have now, I think that should be a lot more um, friendly for other devices too. Yeah. So for the for the nerds out there, I use DropZone, which is a, a JavaScript library to handle file uploads, multiple file uploads. If you want, you can drag and drop. Um, it's nice. It's a nice little integration. You can integrate directly with Amazon and upload straight to S3. This is uh, DropZone JS. Yeah, I'll put that in the show notes. Also in the show notes, if you want to see a little preview, a little video of our new shareable uh, features, you can uh, check that out in the show notes. The show notes as well. Um, but yeah, Drop Zone is in the show notes right now. Uh, other news: we've closed early access, so uh, we had this kind of automated onboarding sequence for folks that signed up for our waiting list, 
And one of the emails people would get is, hey, do you want to try it out? And we've had many, many people respond to that. And um, we're getting lots of great feedback and we're getting tons of folks using Transistor. And so it just made sense to uh, <laughs> close it down. And um, we will be doing an official launch sometime in the future. There's still, I would say like analytics we want to get done. There's a few things we want to get done before we do our official launch. Yeah, there's analytics. Uh, there's still no way to cancel your account. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, well, luckily, luckily, we haven't had anyone want to cancel yet. But yeah, um, I suppose we'll build that when it comes up. Yeah, yeah, that that one we, we can just build it as we go, just in time. Oh, we, yeah. we should mention Quest Quest. Do you want to tell people about that? Quest Quest, yes. Quest Quest um, is a a new podcast on Transistor that is actually recorded out of the Cards Against Humanity office with a bunch of people I have worked with or know personally. Um, and it's a live Dungeons & Dragons podcast where they are recording uh, their quest. So each episode is a new part of their um, D&D quest. And they've, they've come up with some pretty hilarious character names. A number of the people on the show are like really just funny people. So, and who can do voices really well. Yeah. So I think, I think it'll be fun to, to follow along with it. So we'll, we'll leave that in the show notes too. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, I, I've, I've listened to the teaser and it's, as soon as you hear it, you'll be like, okay, even if you're not into D and D, I think it's going to be entertaining enough just because the, the folks are really funny. They can really kind of shuck and jive and uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, it'll be good. So that, that's kind of a, a, Another callback to our previous show where we talked about Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, and we, we got a lot of feedback on that, actually. A lot of people were like, hey, yeah. yeah. Um, incidentally, one thing I want, John, this is a, my own feature request. On our admin side, I want to be able to sort by total downloads. Okay. But I, I <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One thing I want to note is that this show, Build Your SaaS, we are just shy of our 12 thousandth download and that would make this show one of the i mean um, there's a, a few other shows that are up there too but it's this show has actually done quite well for a new podcast and again i just want to thank everyone who's listened and everyone who's sharing it with their friends that's how people find out about shows is posting it in slack or whatever talking about it to a friend uh so Thank you again for downloading and listening and sharing it. I think we could also say our marketing website's almost done. We've got um, Adam Clark is working on that, and we've uh, we've he's already kind of shown us the initial build, and it's looking great. And I think I also just want to say, give you a little tease, that John and I are making a, a terrible mistake, <laughs> 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 and I I am really excited about. A feature I wanted to build inside of Transistor, but the more I thought about it, I just felt like this has got to be its own thing. <laughs> this is classic, John. It's like, I I, th I was going to say, I don't think it's going to take long to build. Right. Classic, <laughs> famous last words. It's famous last words. How many times have you heard that? Oh, man. From from, from a marketing jackass like me? <clears throat> a lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a simple, it's a simple thing. It's a simple thing. Shouldn't take too long. Yeah. We're going to tease that. We're not going to tell you. We do have, there is a domain out there that's been purchased. There is a little landing page that's out, but we're going to just say it's coming. So if you want to hear about it first, 
keep listening to this show, and uh, we'll talk about that in future episodes. But our topic for this week is organizing your time. Uh, we've had a few people say, you know, how do you, like when you're working on a side project or a side hustle or something on the side, how do you manage your time? And this will be interesting, John, because we have two different yep. perspectives. Uh, you're working full-time at Cards Against Humanity and Black Box, and I run my own business, and so um, I'm my own boss. Right. Why don't, we, why don't you start by telling people, like, because you've been on both sides of the fence, too. You've been your own boss as a freelancer. I have, yeah. So maybe tell people about your, your situation now and maybe some of the challenges of building a product on the side. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, the, obviously the biggest challenge is just finding the time to do it. Um, but my situation currently is that I'm the head of technology at Black Box. And Black Box is a f shipping and fulfillment company that is built out of Cards Against Humanity. Um, so I'm technically like other people's boss. Yeah. Uh, so, and they depend on me to, you know, make sure that, you know, we have things organized in the right way and we're, you know, the, the features of writing are good and we're doing code reviews and all this stuff. Um, make sure the platform is up and running all the time. Uh, yeah. And it's, Black Box is also a startup. So it's, you know, it's a small company. We have a small team. Everyone's really dependent on one another. Yeah. Uh, it's it's hard to like kind of juggle having a side project. Yeah. They, they allow it. You know, they allow it. They're not like opposed to it at cards. Mm-hmm. Um, they want people to sort of, you know, explore different areas and do things on the side and do things on their own. But like, I don't want to get too wrapped up in it where I'm, you know, letting the team down or letting the, my work go, you know, be late or, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's tough. Cause it is, you know, it's, like I said, it's a startup, it's a small company. It's not necessarily profitable. And like, we're, you know, we're all working hard to like try to make this thing work. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's especially hard when you're responsible for other people because you, you know, they're coming to you saying, what should I work on next? And is this thing yeah. okay? And are, you know, yeah. if you're doing uh how do you do it there? Do you have daily standups? What's your kind of, uh, are you, uh, we have a, we have, let's see. So we have, um, kind of a daily stand-up just in Slack. It's basically our check-in channel. It's like, hey, what are you working on today? What are you, are you blocked on anything? Mm -hmm. um, and from there, we can sort of either do a private chat in Slack or meet, just meet in person and talk something over. Yeah. Uh, we have bi-weekly iteration meetings that we do in Pivotal Tracker. We just talk about like what we worked on the last two weeks and what is upcoming in the next two weeks. Yeah. And then I meet with my team every week individually for like 15 minute just like one-on-one -on -one chats to see like how things are going and if they have any problems or concerns or if they just want to you know shoot the shit for 15 minutes yeah yeah um yeah totally I, I i think one thing i've noticed that's challenging too is when you have like a pivotal project for your day job and then you've got a pivotal project for your side project sometimes it's yeah. just like oh man like it's to get your head fully into one space and then to take your head out of that space and put it in a different space is sometimes overwhelming. It's like, oh, it, it's, it's jarring to the, yeah. you know? 
It's a real, yeah, it's a really big context switch. I mean, it's, it's ultimately you're building a, both of them are building a product and both of them for me is coding in generally the same language, but just such different features that we're building. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, we'll get into some tips a bit later, but that's, if you're, you know, hacking on something all day and then you get into, you know, you get in to your house and, you know, you eat dinner and then after dinner you're like, okay, I'm ready to work on my project. All of a sudden getting into a different pro, you know, <laughs> a different project. It, yeah. It's like, wow, it's just, it, yeah, it's tough. It doesn't always, it doesn't always work. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, f you know, for me, like I have two different, obviously a pivotal tracker for, for black box for the team and then have another pivotal tracker for transistor for you and I. Yeah. I have like, I use Apple reminders a lot just because they sync across devices and I have different lists for just like one-off little things. And then yeah, like if I'm, if I'm at work during the day and I think of something for a transistor, I'll just like throw it in a list so I don't forget about it. Um, yeah. But I can't, I can't really like act on that a lot of times unless something's like blowing up and I need to fix it. But yeah. You know what I found is difficult is I can set those things up. So my business, Mega Maker, I can set those things up for Mega Maker. But then being like, oh, I should also set these things up for Transistor. But then it's like, no, I don't want those things to be in the same place almost. I, I, I need a different zone. Yeah. And that that's something we might want to consider actually is like, you know, we're in Slack, we're in Pivotal, we're like using some of the same tools we use for our day thing. And I wonder if, for example, like if we just use Basecamp and said, you know what, we're just going to be a Basecamp thing and like really kind of, I don't know, push us out of that other zone and be like, when I'm in Basecamp, it's like I'm in Transistor. I This is a totally new space. I don't use this for anything else. Yeah. Might be interesting. Jason Fried, if you're listening, we need a deal on Basecamp. It's too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I would say for me, um, and John, you could speak to this too as a freelancer, uh, when you were freelancing, but the biggest challenge for me is, uh, and I've been where you were at too. I, I was working yep. on marketing for developers when I was working full time. And I just remember that challenge of being like, you have to be in a full headspace at work. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I've got an hour to work on this. And then you're just like trying to force yourself out of what you were working on before. Stop thinking about what you were doing before and then really try to get into this thing. Uh, the challenge I have now is I have tons of headspace. I wake up every morning and I can just, I'm, no one reports to me really. I have a few contractors, but you know, nothing really. I don't have a lot of meetings. And so every day I basically need to do things that make money <laughs> so I can, you know, feed the kids, pay the mortgage and all that stuff. But Transistor is so much fun right now. It's, you know, we're early on, we've got that early um, kind of motivation and energy. And I know it's not going to last forever, right? Yep. And so I just want to ride it because, you know, that, that it's perishable. It's like, I, I know it's not going to last. And it's just so fun and so exciting. Even like writing help docs is exciting right now. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think the challenge is I could work all day on Transistor and, you know, I could, and Transistor's not making money. 
And so I've really got to be careful. I've got to be like, okay, I need to keep working on my business so that it makes money because that's my day job. And then transistor stuff, keep working on that too because we want it to make money in the future. But yeah. there's this balancing act. And I think that's the tricky part is is for when I've got a blank slate every day going, all right, what am I going to do? What am I going to do today? Yeah, I mean, that that freedom that you have as a freelancer is fantastic, but it's also like terrifying. It's like, I mean, you can almost have this like paralysis of choice where you're like, ah, what should I work on? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and if you don't sort of plan it out, plan your day out, then you can kind of get lost just doing whatever. Yeah. Um, and and a shout out to, um, well, maybe I won't shout them out, but I, I know some folks, I think I alluded to this before, but, you know, they were in a similar position as us. They were partnering up and they were doing a podcast about it. And I remember listening to those early episodes and they were just so motivated, so excited. But they recently had to stop. And it was because of focus energy, money, all those things caught up with them. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's easy to delude yourself and think I'm, you know, I'm invincible. I can, I can work the full, the full-time job and come home and work on this. And it really like, it can catch up to you. And so we got to be careful, don't we? Yeah. I mean, you, I think you really have to put your mental and physical health first. <laughs> yes. I, for me, it's, I've found it, there's been, there's been evenings where I'm able to work for, you know, at a two to three hours before bed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nights where I can't and I just give up. It takes 30 minutes or so just to get into it before you start working. And then you got to figure out what you can get done in that time that you have before you're just totally worn out from, you know, working a full day or yeah, the, the context switching and sort of working a working more after a job where you're doing a similar thing, mm-hmm. it's tough. So I, for me, I, I find it more helpful to block off some time on the weekends, you know, to where I can like mm-hmm. maybe maybe dedicate like four to six hours, even like a block of time to transistor and just sort of like heads down, kind of get a small list of stuff I want to do and just try to knock it out. Uh, as fast as I can. And then, um, you know, with the idea of at least doing something on transistor every day. Yeah. Yeah. I think blocking out time is really helpful, especially when you have a day job. I, I found, um, when I was working during the day, uh, if I had something to look forward to on the weekend, like I would wake up at 5am on a Saturday and I knew I'd have, you know, three hours before my kids got up and, just I just put everything into that box then. So if something, mm-hmm. if an idea came up, I was like, oh, I'm going to work on that on Saturday. Or, you know, I needed to fix something. I'm like, I'm going to fix that on Saturday. And so by the time Saturday rolled around, I had all of this anticipation and energy built up for, I can't wait to get to work on this. Right. Um, and sometimes that's better than, than like teasing yourself throughout the week and being like, oh, I'm going to just try to sneak 15 minutes in and then, it, you, you can't get quite into it and then you get disappointed and, or, or even worse, like you finally get an hour and you're like, I, what do, what do I do right now? I, what should I work on? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Plus, you know, if you, if you sort of block off a time, you've probably been thinking about 
the stuff you need to do before that day or like for me it's maybe thinking about how to fix a problem or build a feature and then by the time I get to Saturday I like roughly know how I'm going to do it and then mm-hmm. I can just sort of like bang it out mm-hmm. uh, yeah and another thing I've been finding helpful lately one thing about like project management and you know your own productivity and time tracking I find that these things they really come and go um depending on my stage of life like there's things that used to work for me that don't work anymore uh there's things that used to work for me I should probably pick up again that I've just <laughs> left by the wayside but I think I mentioned this last week uh but I've just started writing my to-do lists on paper for the first time and it might just be the fact that it's brand new and and that helps me focus on it right now but I have this notepad and it basically has, you know, a sheet on one side and a sheet on the right side, so left and right. And on the left side, I at the top I write Mega Maker and then I just write a bunch of to-dos for the day. Like what do I want to accomplish today? And Transistor is on the right side and I write, okay, what are the things I want to get done today? And um, it's just helpful to have this thing. I just put it right by my computer. And as soon as I go to Reddit or Twitter or, you know, I'm, I can just tell I'm not focused. I look at this list and it instantly refocuses me and goes, Oh yeah, this is really important. This thing I need to get this done. Uh, so I found this really helpful. I, I think if I had three projects on the go, this would be, it wouldn't work. But the fact that I have, you know, Mega Maker, my business on the left side, and then Transistor, this new startup on the right. It just, I, and it's almost like two sides of my brain. Like I can go, okay, if I'm looking on the left side, it's like, I'm in that mode. And then, oh, what's, what, what does Transistor need doing? Okay. I should write that help doc or I should, you know, follow up with that customer or whatever. So yeah, I, I finding this really helpful actually. That's cool. Yeah. I have a similar, well, no, I guess I don't use paper. Well, sometimes I use paper, but I have, uh, I have a different profile set up in Chrome for transistor. Oh yeah. I do that too. Um, so, so I can have like a transistor, like namespace almost for a bunch of tabs that are related to transistor stuff. Yeah. Um, it'll, it'll be like auto logged into, you know, a different Google account or something. And, uh, just so I can like minimize, minimize that window and forget about it. Um, open it up, and then I, if I open it up, then I'm just like everything in everything in Chrome on those tabs are related to, you know, stuff I was working on before or transistor related um, projects or things I need to read about. So that's a really good point. That's something I've done too. Um, if people don't know what we're talking about, there's a, a section in Chrome called People, and you can go to that menu item and you can add a person. And so I have a transistor person, which sets up a kind of a new profile in Chrome just like John said. And then I have a, another person, another profile for my business. And so it kind of gives you this contextual zone that you can be like, okay, if I'm in this profile, I'm thinking about Transistor. If I'm in this yeah. profile, I'm thinking about my day job or, or whatever. But it's also like you can have separate bookmarks. You can have your, you yeah. can log into, you can log into the same online services, but under different accounts. Cause they're all, all the all the um, your cookies and stuff are sort of blocked blocked off from one another. Uh, different Chrome extensions, like it, it's really like a whole kind of new world for your new thing. Uh, but my problem is I've got so many projects. I've got like twenty of those, 
yeah. so I, I i need to i need to probably get rid of a bunch yeah that's tough <laughs> uh actually this is something i'll bring up this is a tip um is contextual zoning i think i've mentioned this before i'm going to link to this cbc radio episode on contextual zones but this fellow um kunal uh, I don't know. I can't pronounce his last name. Shandilia. Uh, he kind of made some waves because he wrote this uh, article on how he set up different physical spaces in his house for doing different kinds of activities. And so he found, for example, when he was trying to write a blog post, if he was doing it in bed, it was like very bad. But as soon as he created a space in his apartment for writing, he was able to become a lot more productive. And the other thing he did is he paired it with um, audio cues, audio contextual zones. And he's using, um, so I'm using a soft murmur. Do you guys know that? I mean, <laughs> a soft murmur.com. Uh, I'll put it in the sh- show notes, but it basically plays uh, ambient sounds. So okay. thunder, rain, waves, fire, uh, yeah. coffee shop. There's a lot of these out there, but um, but when I turn on the rain and the thunder, it's kind of like, okay, I'm working, I'm writing. That's my contextual audio zone. And I found it really helpful. I've recommended this to some of my coaching clients too, and they they have found it really helpful as well. So it's probably it's probably also useful um, as summer comes up mm-hmm. to <laughs> and the weather's nice. Yeah. And let's say you're, you're working on the weekend. And you're looking outside and it's sunny, maybe like close the blinds and turn the rainstorm on yeah, turn and the, make it feel like yeah. you don't feel such so bad for sitting inside. Exactly. <laughs> kind of wishing you were at a happy hour. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, uh, it, and there's something about, for example, that rain sound that makes me, the image I get is I'm in a cabin in the woods and it's raining and I'm writing. And so yeah. it, it, it kind of tricks your brain into going into the zone and, you know, I, I know some people that for their side project, they'll just block off the time and they always go to the library. It's just like, I'm just going to go to the library and I'm just going to get it work done. And it becomes, as soon as I'm in the library, I'm not looking at YouTube. I'm not, all I'm doing is working on my side project. Yeah. Yeah. I should probably try that because I think it's, it's more about creating a routine and creating a habit. Mm-hmm. Cause you keep, you keep doing it and you know, you become useful or you become used to it and yeah, you know, you're at, if you're at the library, you're in like transistor mode or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. Try that. Um, I think another thing is to define the end result first. So, John, what like if you could have your ideal day, what would your ideal uh-huh. day look like? Uh, ideally, I would probably just be working on transistor full time, but that's not that's not reality mm-hmm. um, <laughs> at yeah. this point. So. For a weekday, I mean, I'd probably get up a bit early, earlier than I usually do, especially in the summer because it's lighter out, you know, maybe like wake up around six, mm-hmm. um, have a coffee, see if I anything happened with Transistor overnight. Yeah. Um, if any errors rolled in, we got any support emails that need to be dealt with, anything that maybe you posted that I need to respond to. Yeah, I, I post at weird time. I'm Pacific time, but sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I have... Thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, I'd, I'd uh, go get ready for my full-time job and bike to work if I can. Um, do that whole thing during the day 
for the full day. Um, sometimes, you know, sometimes I'm done at five with that. Sometimes it's later if, if something comes up, we have meetings or we have a few people on the West Coast. So sometimes we have some West Coast meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, take a break after work and, you know, make some dinner, work out, hang out with friends or the girlfriend. And then if I'm feeling up for it, work at home. Yeah. Uh, at you know, at my desk at home and do a couple hours of transistor work or decide not to <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and read instead or something like that. Yeah. I think it's helpful actually to imagine both. Like what does my ideal day look like within my context right now? And what does my ideal day look like in the future? Because being able to paint that picture of go, oh yeah, like someday I would really like to work on this full time. And mm-hmm. even what would la- that look like? Um, but right now, I'm in this situation. So what does my day look like? And when you start with the end in mind, when you think, okay, that's like you, as you were painting that picture, I was like mentally picturing, like, wake up, he's drinking coffee. And I, I can feel what that feels like. Mm-hmm. Ride to work. Okay. I, then it's like, oh, I've got a big day at, the, at work. Okay. I'm going to need to be prepared for that. Okay, get home. How can I decompress? I should go work out. You know, there's just this. And then you you had this point in your day where you were like, and then I've got a choice. How do I feel? So I'm going to check how I feel. Do I feel good enough to work on Transistor? I do. Okay, I'm going to do it. I don't. Okay, I'm going to read. And so now yeah. you've got this like nice pattern. Um, yeah, it's like, it's easy to feel guilty about not working on it. Mm-hmm. You you know you want to, and you know there's like unlimited amounts of things to do on it. But like I think the key is to just accept the fact that you're tired and you're not going to be that productive, and like forget about it for that night and do something else. You know, mm-hmm. you know, other you know other activities, whether it be just like going out somewhere in the city or reading. It might it might give you ideas for yeah how to how to fix something or do something later on. So yeah. I think the worst thing that you can have is guilt or anxiety about that you should be doing something and you're not. Like that just kills all sorts of momentum. It's it's I mean there is something to discipline like something to saying, "Okay, I'm going to force myself to do stuff that's not fun and that's not hard." But right. there's there's also something to giving yourself um to not like always having your head up against the grindstone. And it's like, you got to work. I got to work. I got to get something done. If I don't get it, this done, I, I'm going to fail. It, you know, I got to hustle. It, it start up life. Come on. And if you're just always forcing yourself to do that, you're in this kind of like um, terrible, stressed out zone. Yeah, it's not, it's not a good energy. <laughs> no. And you don't get stuff done. And, and so... I think way better to kind of visualize your day the way John just did and then, you know, kind of make those decisions beforehand. Like, okay, after dinner, if I'm not feeling like, if I'm feeling like, and I kind of have this in my brain, I get this feeling of like, okay, my brain is really overdrawn right now. And when I get that feeling, it, I should listen to it, you know? So... Yeah. If you eat dinner and then you kind of check your brain and your brain's saying, We're done. Like Yeah. Go It's not yeah. 
Occasionally, I've made the mistake of saying, of agreeing with that and saying I'm done, but then I go like have a coffee at eight at night. Oh, yeah. And it's just a terrible idea because then you don't really get much done. Yeah. You don't sleep well. So the next day, you're also just like a zombie. Yeah. I think also recognize the triggers. Like my one thing I've noticed is like if I if I go, oh, I'm just going to get a little bit of energy by going to Reddit, like that'll like kind of wake me up or something. I... I realize, okay, I just need to walk away from the computer. I need to go for a walk. I need to, because being stuck on the computer can suck you in and your, your intention might be to get something done. But uh, if you're, if you're like, oh, if I just like check Twitter, maybe that'll inspire me. It's like, no, just like close your machine down, go for a walk around the block, like do that stuff. I think the, the other thing for me that, See, I took this a little bit different and and listening to you made me realize I need to visualize my day more often. But I was also just thinking about the kinds of activities that give me energy. And I did this strengths finder test. I shared actually the results with you um, mm-hmm. because I think co-founders, this is a great thing for co-founders to kind of talk about. But um, it basically, and I don't know, this test could be a bunch of hooey science or whatever, but my results really kind of seem to uh, match up with me. Um, the, the top result, like my number one strength, is something they call woo. And, uh, and I, at first I was like, come on. I was disappointed. But when I read it, it says, people who are especially talented in the woo theme love the challenge of meeting new people and winning them over. They derive satisfaction from breaking the ice and making a connection with another person. So when I read that, I was like, okay, that's me. Like that is, I totally get energy from that. And look, you know, after I read my, the results from the strengths finder, it made me realize sometimes during my day, uh, I'm doing a lot of tasks that don't match up with my strengths. And my ideal day would probably look a lot more like me doing things that give me energy. So doing sales calls, doing demos, interacting with customers. Uh, also like taking a break and going to the coffee shop. If you guys, if you guys could see my little day, like I'll like walk from my office to the coffee shop, but on the way is my barber shop. And I'll always stop in and say hi to them and like gab for a bit. (laughs) Then I go to the coffee shop and I know a bunch of people there and I talk there and Getting a coffee is kind of the thing, but it's just an excuse to go and hang out because it gives me energy. Um, writing gives me energy, making videos and podcasts, like creating every day, hacking on ideas, building prototypes. So it, you know, it made me think, okay, these are all my strengths. And in my side projects, in my side hustle, um, I need to make sure I, I'm doing as many of those things as I can because that's going to help, you know, give me the momentum. And it's probably a good reason to partner up. I think you can uh, build a business solo, but one of the nice things about partnering up is, you know, like John is good at stuff. I'm talking about you and you're here. You're good at stuff that uh, I'm not, I, that really drains me. Uh, like especially some of the kind of uh, analytical thinking that you do, um, the way you process things, it really drains me. 
So having someone else that's like cares about the details, having someone else that's technical, it's just really helpful. And that's probably another way not to burn out is just having someone else in your life, whether it's a co-founder, whether it's a accountability partner, I, it, it seems to really help, you know, when you know that it's not just you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think likewise, likewise for me, there's a lot of, a lot of skills and the things that give you energy are not really the things that give me energy necessarily. Yeah. Although I do enjoy some of that stuff and, you know, meeting customers and yeah. it's just not, it, it's, it's draining to me because I, one, I don't really know it. Yeah. I, I don't really know what I'm doing in, the, in the, that regard for like marketing and yeah, um, outreach. I mean, it doesn't mean that I'm not challenging. Like I've been challenging myself to try to deploy little bits of mm-hmm. code every once in a while. And I, I want to challenge myself there. I want to get better at that. I want to understand our app on, on the back end a lot more. Uh, I want to learn a little bit of Ruby, all that kind of stuff. Um, but if, if I had to force myself like every night to go, okay, Justin, you got to write like a hundred lines of code. I'd be like, Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it just wouldn't motivate me. And so being able to play to my strengths while still kind of doing other things and learning new things, I think that's kind of the balance you want. And, um, that's one way to kind of be, feel good about, you know, the, your side project or how yeah. you're organizing your day or your, your energy is, um, just getting to do stuff that you enjoy, that you're good at, uh, and not always having to force yourself to do, you know, stuff that you really don't understand. Um, cause I found that I've, I found that really frustrating in the past. Like whenever I wanted to build something and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, it's just, I don't have the skills to do this. And it, it was demotivating. Yeah. It's, it's definitely about a balance of trying to keep, keep doing what motivates you. Um, you know, there's always going to be the tests that kind of drain you of energy, mm-hmm. whether it be like, you know, the legal stuff that we went through or oh yeah, set, setting up the business, trying to figure out like accounting software. It's just like, you know, I think we're putting that off cause it's like, that's boring. Yeah. Like, I don't, you know, it's important, Yeah, but it's draining and it's boring. Yeah. Um, could be spending your time doing something else. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a good that's a good way place to leave it. You know, yeah. having that balance, um, making sure that you're yes, you are forcing yourself to do the boring stuff, but also making sure that you're really getting to do some stuff that gives you energy too. Yeah, yeah, but also don't if you're doing a side project, don't don't try to think about your normal job and your side projects all at the same time because you'll just go. Crazy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> keep keep a balance there too. Yeah. Definitely have kind of different those things we mentioned. Like have a different Chrome profile. Have a different place that you go to. Um, I know some people that use different computers. Anything that helps you kind of make that switch and then really focus and enjoy that time is <laughs> gonna gonna be beneficial. Right on. Okay. So uh, yeah, folks, if you want. Uh, the show notes again, sass.transistor.fm. John, where can people find you on the web? Uh, johnbuddha.com or on Twitter at johnbuddha. And I'm justinjackson.ca or on Twitter, uh, mijustin. 
I am headed to MicroConf in Las Vegas uh, from April 28th to May 4th. So if you are going there, there's a lot of SaaS folks there. Uh, be sure to uh, say hi. Um, and uh, I can, I'm happy to talk to you about Transistor or anything you're working on as well. And, um, oh, yeah. Uh, is that it? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> is there that's it? Okay. See you folks next yeah. week. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.